0: Good morning. Thank y'all for being here to worship with us today. Uh, if we have not met, my name is Kevin Taylor. Uh, everybody just calls me KT. I'm the pastor out at the uh, Ridge Campus in Batesburg, and uh, she's heard me. It's my wife. Um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, <laughs> excited to be out here today. Uh, it's uh, it's neat to uh, to get to be in person. Uh, you know, it, it's. Uh, All the places you could be, you're here worshiping today, whether you're with us online or whether you're in person. I just, I never feel like that's an accident. So, uh, hey to you guys joining us online. Uh, hey to the guys at other campuses, West Campus and at Ridge Campus. Ridge, I miss y'all this morning, but, uh, it's nice to be, uh, hanging out. You know, we talk a lot about us being one church in many locations. I'm a firm believer of that. So it's nice to get to come over here and, and hang out with some of my, uh, Banks Mill brothers and sisters today. And, um, you know, speaking of us being one church in many locations, uh, uh, Pastor Danny's going to tell you more about this later, but one of the things that I'm, I'm excited about is next Sunday is the uh, the Summer Splash baptism happening over at the West Campus. I really like, like I said, getting to hang out with the other uh, Cedar Creekers from other campuses. So just want to encourage you to try and make that. Whether you're being baptized or not, you can go be in support of those that are or just come hang out with us, swim, eat some ice cream, whatever. And it's a great opportunity to invite somebody, uh, you know, invite somebody to come join us, whether it be a neighbor or coworker, co-worker or, as I like to say, invite somebody you don't like. Jesus would like that, you know. Just uh, just get them there, and uh, we'll hang out and, uh, and just celebrate those that are, that are taking our next step. So in any case, uh, thank you all so much for being here. We are in week five of our Roman series. It's a seven-week series, so we've got a couple more weeks left. If you have missed any of the messages coming up to today, uh, please know that they're available in our message archives. You can, you can get there by going through our app or on our uh, website and go in and check out any of them that you missed. Uh, it's been a great study so far. I hope I don't mess that up today. I just love, uh, I love the book of Romans. It teaches us so much and it's great to be going through it together like this, uh, you know, in our, in our messages on Sunday mornings and in, in our home group studies. And, uh, and also if you have not been doing the, the daily reading, there's, if you uh, have the app or if you don't have the app, get the app so that you can do it, it gets sent to you every morning, and it's a it's a great way to keep up with what's going on and keep us all, you know, pardon the pun, on the same page in uh, in terms of our our Romans reading. Um, you know, it's today we're going to be concentrating in Romans uh, chapter ten, and this is uh, a message of salvation and um, for everyone, and, and about once we receive God, sharing that with sharing that with others, and it's neat because. One of the things I like about the Bible, and this is something I, I speak to fairly frequently, is you can read, whether you're young or old or whatever, and you've read through it several times or, or just new to it, you can read through the same passages and God will reveal new stuff to you. And it's, it's incredible how that happens um, because the, uh, the Word of God doesn't change, but we grow. And we learn to receive things in new ways and, and them to motivate us to take next steps and, and give us the wisdom that God wants us to have. And so uh, I'm, I'm happy to be a, a part of this series and um, I hope you've been keeping up again with the reading. So if not, again, we're just working our way totally through the book of Romans and today we're concentrating on chapter 10. So let's just, let's just dive right in. And the first point on your uh, message outline there today is righteousness is for all who believe. Righteousness is for all who believe. Now, righteousness—big word. We don't use that in everyday conversation. You don't always hear that. Um, you know, so when that kind of stuff happens, you tend to tend to look at definitions. And I was kind of looking at. What does you know, something like a Webster's Dictionary say versus what the Bible would have to say about that? And, and they were similar, but it, it was basically a couple of definitions that popped up. One was to be morally correct and another was to be properly ethical. And I felt like those were about as big a words as the original word. So uh, the righteousness that comes from Jesus though is totally different than what anybody experienced before him. This is what's so incredible. This is kind of going back to the beginning of the Roman series that Pastor Philip was explaining uh what people deemed as righteousness uh in the Jewish law or the local laws was just about checking a box of being a rule follower or to try and gather favor uh with the locals or the local leaders. Um uh, this was not about the real righteousness. Real righteousness comes from Christ and is, and is available to all who believe. It's about being who Jesus wants us to be. So let's check out this scripture. Like I said, we're gonna be reading in chapter uh, 10 of Romans today. If you have a Bible app or if you just wanna look on your program or if you've got your Bible with you, whatever way you like to follow along, um, this is gonna be verse one through four. First, here. It says, brothers and sisters... My heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. Since they did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. Christ is the culmination of the law, so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. You know, I wish all of my messages or letters that I'd ever written anybody, I know hardly anybody sends snail mail anymore, but I wish all of my messages uh, started like that. Uh, My heart's desire and prayer to God is for the Israelites that they may be saved. That all of my messages, all my texts or all my messages or all my emails would say, Uh, my heart's desire is that you may be saved. Uh, What a beautiful way to start a letter. But the scripture is basically saying that they are excited, but since they do not know the righteousness of God, they may be excited about the wrong thing. They are establishing their own righteousness, not the righteousness that comes from knowing Christ. But Christ has come and those who believe have something totally different. All right, so in talking about this got me thinking about uh, Centerpoint. Uh, for those of you who maybe knew with us or not familiar, we have a ministry for our middle schools and high schools. It's called Centerpoint. And, uh, you know, I meet with the guys sometimes and, and, and help out serving in there. And One of the studies that we did lately was called What I Really Want. And it was fascinating to me because what it was talking about is how as teenagers, again, we're talking about sixth grade through 12th grade here. Teenagers, of all the things that they typically want, most of it boils down to freedom. Because at that age, you're kind of under everybody's thumb. Your parents, your your teachers, any kind of leaders, anything you're doing, you're too young to really have any authority or any freedom. So you feel like you have no freedom and that's the one thing that you want. But what this study was talking about is what do we really want out of freedom? And it was saying that we don't want freedom from something. We want freedom for something. That's what Jesus is offering us is a freedom to be a child of the King, to be someone who has the righteousness of Jesus Christ on this earth. So it's not a freedom from something. We can get away from things. It's a freedom for something and it's for what Jesus has to offer. And I just thought that was a great way to look at this because I would whole lot rather be free for something than from something. So number two, believe and profess, believe and profess. You know, I remember the first time I read this, it it seemed way too simple. And and when I say read this, talking about how it speaks to this in Romans. And we're gonna get to that verse in a minute. But I was just thinking about how it seemed too simple that uh, the God of the universe, the God of the universe. So this has to be way more complicated than this. I'm talking about the God of the universe and it's just saying all I need to do is believe. And all I need to do is profess with my mouth. And I was like, this can't be this easy. Just believe that Jesus is God's son. He was sent for us for salvation and forgiveness of sins. I just need to believe it, accept it, and profess it. And I can be saved. This is not, excuse me, there's not a person here today who will be the one standing with me in front of uh, God uh, when my day comes. Okay, And I will not be standing there with you. So what we're talking about here is an individual, a personal decision to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and profess that with your mouth. And I want to tell you that's so powerful, but it seems, I think we overcomplicate it. It is so simple here based on this. It's me deciding to believe. It's me deciding to profess. God does not complicate this. It's personal decision between him and me. And it's a new beginning. It's not an ending, it's a new beginning. So look at, look at what this says. Again, we're in Romans 10. This is verses nine through 10. It says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Simple as it comes. That's beautiful. So here it is. So that's basically the scripture of what I was just talking about. Clear with your mouth. What? Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart. What? That God raised him from the dead. And what happens? You'll be saved. Now, I should have put, part of me feels like I was telling the first service about this and this isn't really in my notes. It's just something that kind of struck me is I feel like I should have put point two. Uh, before point one, that you received the salvation of Christ um, uh, first. And, uh, but that's not always the case. What we tend to try and do is fix ourselves, is to be righteous without Jesus. Uh, And so that righteousness, attempts at righteousness will happen before we fully accept Jesus Christ as our savior. So I thought it was interesting that in Romans, it did not have the salvation first and then the righteousness second. And I wanted to do it that way because the things are out of order. Sometimes they they mess with my mind, but what I realized is God's not got this out of order. Paul doesn't have this out of order. It's just in my head because what it's sitting there specifically telling me is to not seek that righteousness that is of this world. Wait and get the righteousness that comes from Jesus Christ. And I absolutely love that because it, it turned on me. And I thought, you know what, I need to turn this around and then I realized, no I don't. It's in perfect order um, believe what that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. And we need to believe and profess and then live in that righteousness that comes with that. So when we are saved, we say yes to a merciful gift. It seems like it should be so much more complicated than this. It should have so many more requirements, but it does not. Why? Because God gives it to us purely out of grace and mercy. Number three, Lord of all means Lord of all. So kind of a confession story here. Um, I don't know, a few years ago, I can't remember how long ago it was. I'm not really good with dates and times and stuff. Um, I'm out with a church and we're out scouting uh, properties for an event. So we're looking at, we're looking at camps, we're looking at parks, uh, we're looking at anybody that's got an open field that may work for something that we're looking to do. And we stop at a, at a restaurant, it's just, a, it's a small group of us, but we stop at a restaurant to get something to eat while we're out. And I'm standing back in the line, waiting on my turn to order. And uh, and I see this guy, this kind of, right up on this girl's, kind of right up in her face.
1: And I'm thinking,
0: hey, he's a young fella and, and uh, you know, looking at both of us, we look like total opposites. And I'm just sitting there thinking, man, this guy's aggravating this girl. He's sitting on her. He's trying to pick her up. He's talking a bunch of junk to her, whatever. And I'm sitting there thinking all this. And I'm like, do I need to intervene? Do I need to come up and say something? And as the line gets shorter and shorter and I get closer up to the counter and I can hear what he's saying, this guy is sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with this girl. And I feel like God just smacked me right in the head and saying, what in the world are you doing judging this guy as for what he's doing? When he's doing exactly what you called him to do, you know? And I say that to say this, um, Lord of all means Lord of all. This guy was taking care of the business that Jesus called him to do. And what we all have to realize is God is for people that, look like anything but me. It's not just for people who dress or talk or have the same nationality or speak the same language, uh, same economic status, same family situation, same social status. Um, The believe and profess that we just talked about is available to anyone. And we need to step back And realize that what we may be witnessing at times is people doing exactly what God has called them to do. It just may not look like what I picture it like. But I'm not God. I'm not the one they're gonna be standing in front of on judgment day. So I wanna look at, uh, this is verses 12 through 13. Check this out, it says, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Check that out. No difference in those who are saved. Same guy, and he blesses who? All who call on them. Everyone will be saved if they call on the name of the Lord. We can celebrate, but just as God does, we need to celebrate those that call on the name of the Lord. In any place, in any status, we can be willing to share with all. We can be willing to be patient with those that are Christians but are young in their faith. Why would we expect a child to act like an adult? God can teach us and use us if we will let Him, but we need to understand that all Christians don't look alike. We're not trying to make clones, we're trying to make Christ followers. And number four, go. It's that simple. I, I, did, I tried to figure out how to make that longer or more profound, but it didn't work out. Two letters, that's all I had. But uh, it's probably good my dyslexia is starting to kick in, so I'm not sure what all I'm going to be reading to y'all here in a second anyway. Um, if you're a Christian, one thing you do, whether on purpose or, or just uh, due to repetition is memorize some, uh, some scripture. And uh, I was never good at this again because when I was younger coming up, I didn't know what dyslexia was. All I knew was I could read something over and over and over and I really, I kept turning words around and letters around and and it took me a long time to absorb the information. So I have to kind of take my time and uh, it's not bad at times sometimes it rears up worse than others. But anyway, so I, I look for Short, <laughs> short verses, particularly when I was like in Sunday school, to have one of those little competitions who can memorize the most verses and stuff, you know. So I'd be like, Jesus wept, you know. <laughs> That's uh, you know, get credit for that one. And uh so in any case, um I basically only wound up memorizing the ones that all of us have talked about a thousand times, you know, uh John 3:16. Uh, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things for Christ or, or the great commandment or the great commission. And, uh, so the great commission, uh, is one that really, that really weighed on me, uh, go into all nations and baptize them in the name of the father and the son and the Holy spirit. And that one just stayed on me from the time that I was little. I absolutely love that verse. Because what I realize is whether it's next door or down the street or across town or in the next state or in the next country or halfway around the world, once I've received Jesus Christ as my Savior, my job is to go. It's, uh, that's, I mean, that's cut and dry. It's just go. It's to share this with anybody who listen who has not received that. You know, just, and again, going back to the, I can't remember numbers and where verses are and all, but talking about why would you light a candle and then hide the light? uh, that's kind of where I was. I had this light and I I was, and I was like, I can't hide this, you know, we need to go. And God tells us to help our locals and those in other countries. God says go. And if God says go, I can't feel like it's up to me to debate with him. You know, KT, God, we don't kind of register at the same level here. So, Let's look at uh, the verses uh, 14 through 15. Again, we're still in, we're still in Romans chapter 10. Uh, check this out. It says, How then can they call on the one they have not believed? All right, I'm going to start over. How then can they call on the one they have not believed? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear? without someone preaching to them. And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. All right, so let's look at this backwards because I absolutely love this passage, but it's weird. It's it, To me, it registers totally backwards. So uh, not that I'm into correcting Paul or God or anybody, but I'm just saying it it, it sinks in with me this way. So check this out. All right, bring the good news. For us to bring the good news, we must be sent. We must preach so they can hear. Then they can believe what they've heard. Then they can call on the one they believe in. So we preach to them about Jesus, they can call on Jesus because they have to receive him, believe in him, call on him. It all started with someone who had the good news being sent? Go. That's you. That's me. There's no resume for this. There's no here. It's the boxes you have to check to be able to go and share the good news with someone. Once you've received it, go share it. And number five, keep reaching. Keep reaching. You know, the, the physical act of, of reaching can be done in so many ways and, and means so many things. And it's funny when I started preparing this piece of the uh, of the message here, I immediately started thinking about Pastor West over at the West Campus because when they do their morning greeting, he always says, hey, find somebody to give them a high five, a handshake or a hug. And I'm just sitting there thinking about the different ways that we greet each other, that we use our hands uh, to reach out to people. You know, or it may be, you need to reach out and help pull somebody up that needs some help. That are you reaching to save someone from trouble? Um, It's an act of kindness. It's an act of love. It's an act of compassion. It could be an act of bravery, but reaching means something. But it also makes me think of how God would be postured for us. Like if I'm picturing God postured for me, I'm standing here, he's standing there. See, I... I may feel like he's angry or has his face in his hands or is just done with me, but that's not how it is. We're reminded of this. Let's look at what Paul says in verse 21. This is 21B. All day long, I held out my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. It's not like he's having a bad day, right? He's not having the luck reaching people. They're obstinate, they're disobedient. Paul is doing exactly what God has led him to do because this is what God does. That even when we are obstinate and disobedient, God still reaches out his hand to us. And when we don't even realize we need it, his arms are still wide open for us. I got a friend of mine that lives in Blythewood and I think I've told this story at the Ridge before, but I'm not sure. I don't think I've ever said it to y'all. My son here says I only have like three stories and I just tell them over and over. So if y'all heard it, I apologize, but that comes with age, right? So a friend of mine uh, lives over in Blythewood, was talking one day, um, but he and his wife, his wife asked him, she said, Hey, remember when we were dating, we used to like sit close to each other in the car. And now we're not like that anymore, we're sitting apart. And she said, why is that? He said, I haven't moved, right? Two things, one is total sidetrack. Life was good with bench seats. The bucket seats kinda got everybody separated and everybody's bucket's not the same shape anyway. So I think the bench seats, that was good stuff. And if you took a hard right, you can make somebody slide right over to you if they were leather ones and you had a little armor all on there. But that's not the point. The point is this. Yeah, I'm digressing a lot here, right? God hasn't moved, right? God, he's been in the driver's seat the entire time. We may have moved over. We may have moved away from him, but that path is straight back there, okay? It's not, there's nothing that separates us that cannot be fixed, right? Reach back out to God. He's standing there with his arms wide open. Where in the world was I on here? The point is God has not moved. He is there with outstretched arms. And I wonder, does he sound like Paul when he's thinking about us sometimes? When he says, I have held out my hands to disobedient and obstinate people. So all I wanna say on that is, if you're reaching out to hands, I wanna stop being obstinate, I wanna stop being disobedient And I want to jump into those arms. And I want y'all there with me. And I want anybody who will listen to us to be there with us. It says, all day long I do this and nothing is happening. Don't they know? (laughs) Paul is talking about reaching toward people. God is reaching towards us. So I just want to wrap this up. With just a slight review here, Romans 10, if I've dumped too much on you in one little you know, half hour, 20 minute session, whatever it's been this morning, um, read back through it. It's good stuff. Um, great message of salvation about receiving God and then the outreach that we're responsible for when we do. Uh, we're to believe and profess that Jesus Christ is our savior. We're to live in that righteousness that comes from knowing Jesus, not just due to following laws, not just so we can check a box, but because we want to live for Jesus Christ. And we're to understand that Jesus is for everyone, everyone, that means everyone. We're to bring the good news to the world, meaning our next door neighbor, the family in our neighborhood, someone across the state, someone across the world wherever we feel like God's leading us, and to keep reaching. You know, God does not give up on us, so we cannot give up on others. We may be planting a seed that takes a little while to germinate. We can't expect, we've, we've kinda, we're kind of in an instantaneous world right now. You know, if something takes more than five seconds on a phone or a computer or whatever, we want to move on to the next thing. And one of the things, uh, patience patience is something we need to continue to pray for as we try and reach those for Jesus Christ because God's arms is staying wide open and so should ours y'all bow your heads with me please Lord thank you so much for what you continue to give us to give of salvation the opportunities that we have to reach that to others Lord we're grateful Lord, the public professions that we can make so that others know that we belong to you and we want that for them. The opportunity to live in righteousness here on this earth because we have you as our savior. To be willing to go where you lead us and just have faith to let down our guard, to be willing to operate outside of our norms and understand that uh, our trust is in you, our faith is in you. For wherever you lead us, we will go. It's so freeing to understand that it's not about us. Uh, it's, it's, that's the freedom that we spoke of earlier in this message. Lord, we, just, we love you and we want to understand that we are not just free from something, we are free for something. And that is for you, God. Thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.